Welcome to the Providence Community Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Nathan Herndon. If you would like to stay connected with us, download our app, Providence Community, or visit our website, providencecommunity.org. You ready for this? Let me tell you what we're talking about today um, is something that has been on my heart for a while. I've got to be honest, uh, no angelic visitation this week to tell me to talk about that, uh, this this week. It's just been on my heart for a while, and I kind of felt like just the nudge to say, hey, release it this week, see what happens, all right? So but I want to talk about um, a, a topic that, uh, you know, at certain times throughout history has been really, really um, you know, prominent, but I've seen this topic kind of actually um, losing fame uh, in our day. Uh, as we talk a lot about, you know, heaven coming to earth, which it should, should. We should be operating in the ministry of Jesus today and just like, just seeing the kingdom advance against the darkness, light, lighting up the darkness, taking back places that the enemy has stolen. But do you know that it's ne- that is never going to happen perfectly until uh, Jesus returns? And that's what we're talking about today. The return of Jesus. Um, living in the, in the light of his return. Living in the reality that we have no clue what's happening in the next five minutes. This is not fear talk. This is biblical reality. And I think the church needs to get this back. Number one, the, the, the reality of the return of Jesus. And also, though, the... Um, the physical and emotional and spiritual outcry for it. You know that? Do you know Revelation 22 into the book? Do you know what Jesus says that the, the spirit and the bride cry? It's come Lord Jesus. That's the cry of the church. That's the, the Holy Spirit is crying that out in the church and I just haven't heard that cry in a while. This is not, this is not shame, this is invitation to get it back. That our, our goal is not you know, 97 years in a, in a great retirement. Our goal is actually, Jesus, I want to be with you. I want you to return. I, I, I want to be in your presence. That's all my life is about. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, I guess I was expecting to get up here and say this stuff and, and hear just, I don't know, like a, like a lion's roar from the church. Like, <laughs> Like, whoa, yes, you know, and so the fact that I didn't hear that uh, encourages me to keep going, all right? So um, let, let me tell you this, uh, uh, let, let me just, let me really lay it on the line. It's not like I'm carrying this so well and trying to get you to, you know, do it like me, all right? Um, I think that what, what I'm realizing is, is as I'm preaching in these days, um, I'm preaching to myself, and it's been a while since I have really gotten on my knees and, and uh, just cried out along with the Spirit, saying, come, Lord Jesus. Um, it, it usually, you know what it usually takes? It, it's some form of pain. Um, I, was, um, I was going through my son's closet the other day, and I came across this bin, um, and I opened it up, and that's where we used to keep, back in the day, the arsenal of Nerf weapons that we had collected, Right? <laughs> Yeah, and so I pulled out these, these weapons, 
all these magazines and everything, you fill them up, just, it's just, you feel so fun. But when Ethan was maybe like eight or nine years old, he used to invite his friends over. I used to build a fort and he used to attack it with his friends and, you know, ah, and we'd fall down and every, it was, it was just fun times, little kids playing, having fun. But uh, I came across the arsenal of our Nerf weapons and now Ethan is six foot five. Right, and his friends aren't far behind. And I said, Ethan, for old time's sake, call your friends, invite them over. I'm gonna build a fort with your sisters. You guys attack it, all right? And so we did that, and I'm building this fort in the basement. Ethan's friends uh, are coming. It's actually, it was just one friend. It was a friend named Xander, sweet dude. Um, but he, he and Ethan started you know, loading up and their stuff. I said, give us 15 minutes, I'll build the fort. I get down the fort, it's, it's my daughter Lena, my daughter Grace, and their friend that they had over. And I, I looked over, and as I'm loading uh, magazines and, and clips for the ensuing battle, um, they're decorating, all right? So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit uh, concerned. I'm like, no, no, girls, let me show you how to load load a gun. And this, is, this, this is the safety and this is not, all right? Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm showing them how to do this. Well, 15 minutes on the dot comes and here comes uh, two 14-year-old boys, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, b- bringing heat. And, uh, and I, I quickly knew that we were in for trouble, that there's the eight-year-old version of these guys was one thing. The 14-year-old version was another thing. And it was the Wild West, all right? There was lots of, lots of uh, tears. There's lots of crying. There was lots of uh, carnage, all right? And I remember, like, this is, this is, have you seen the new Nerf guns, too, that they don't shoot a dart, Someone, who, who likes Nerf? Is that someone over here? Oh, right there, okay. I, I can see, dude, the drivers. Of course you do. So anyway, the, uh, but there's some, ner- there's some Nerf guns that don't shoot darts anymore. They shoot little yellow balls, all right? Have you seen those? All right? Now these, a dart goes and kind of like, you know, kind of like this. Well, these balls come out like with velocity. They go straight and they have like, a, you know, they, they have like weight to them, all right? And when they hit you, you like really know it. They shouldn't be put in the hands of young kids. Anyway, the lights were low. Like, let me just kind of tell you more about this. Like, the, they would work as home defense weapons. I promise you, all right? These things, like, you stand at the top of your stairs, right? And you say, I've got one of these Nerf Guns, you got three seconds to leave, and they're like, I'm, I'm out of here, all right? So this is, this is how they qualify. Well, the lights are low. I'm trying to help my, my daughters. I get shot straight in the left eye <laughs> with, one of these, with one of these things. And I completely, literally, it, it didn't hit anything around. It hit me straight on in the left eye. I literally thought I had lost my eye. I thought my eye is now gone, and in its place I have a Nerf ball. All right, right here. Literally, it's how it felt. It was like, like my, my ears were ringing, and, and in that moment, I'm like, come Lord Jesus. <laughs> uh, wow, it, it takes this to get me thinking about the return of Jesus, all right? Woo, woo, what? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. You see, so listen, I, I'm not saying I've got this right. I'm saying that there's a better cry, all right? And the cry, here's, here's the thing though. The cry is not, I'm in a pinch. I've now got a Nerf dart for an eyeball. Get me out of this. That is not the cry. The cry has to be, Jesus, I want you, I love you. You're better than this world. Come, Lord Jesus. All right, And I just believe that God is returning that cry to the church. The spirit and the bride say come. It's his appearing. It's his appearing. It's his appearing. For, for centuries, millennia, the cry was the, the, for Jesus to come in, uh, as the Messiah. 
And now the cry is for Jesus to return and set this messed up world right. All right? So I want to talk a little bit, though, about the return of Jesus. I want to get into a few details because the return of Jesus is actually meant to encourage the body. Okay, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, all right? The return of Jesus is actually meant to encourage the body, but it's, it's been instrumentally used by the enemy, like lots of other great things, like spiritual gifts, like women in ministry, like lots of other great things. The enemy has used certain fantastic topics to actually divide the body and create denominationalism, all right, so I, I just wanna I just wanna tell you today though I am not you, you you're not gonna if we have a Q and A time after this you're not pull, which we maybe we should but you're you're not gonna pull me into are we pre mid or post tribulationalist all right let let me just tell you right now like and this is someone who loves theology got my master's degree, I'd never knock it. I, I, I wanna go deep, not just wide, okay? I promise you, like, like if I had to choose between the two, deep for me, all right? But I do not care anymore about pre-trib or post. I do not. It is not the point even. Is Jesus gonna come before the tribulation, three and a half years into it, or at the end? Listen, I don't care. I don't care. Let me tell you what I care about. That Jesus is coming. All right? So, like, what has divided us isn't even the point. And so many areas of the church now, guys. Let's get to the point. I want to tell you a few things about the return of Jesus that, uh, that I think will, will help us actually be encouraged about his return. And I think that, that what the Holy Spirit is doing is he's going to get our hearts desirous and affectionate for him again. All right? All right? All right. I'll keep going there. Um, here's a, a point number one. When Jesus returns is not the focus, okay? <laughs> if you talk to somebody lately, this is what happens. You remember 2012? Remember the year 2012? And there was some time of like ancient Aztec calendar that was saying that the whole thing is going down, that Nostradamus has always been on, and like people were like, ooh, when, 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 Armageddon, when, oh! And you start talking about Jesus, and you go right to when. Listen, when is never the biblical point, ever. If you talk to somebody that claims to be a theologian, and they start you know, turning the Hebrew alphabet into, into numbers, which you can do that with, all right? That's what it, you can do that with. But then they start adding up all these numbers and they, they concoct an equation and say, Jesus is returning February 17th, 2027, all right? Just, just say, you know what? God bless you, walk off, all right? This, that is dangerous. People start putting up billboards saying, direct revelation from the Holy Spirit. The world's ending on such and such a time. Listen, that contradicts what the Bible has already said, yo. All right? That is never the point. It's, it's what, it piques our curiosity. It gets us like, ah, you know, and especially when you put the weight of like special revelation onto that. It's like, ooh, maybe. But listen, the Holy Spirit is not going against what he's already revealed. Should I keep going? I, listen to this. Acts chapter one. We've got to read the book of Acts more, all right? Stay in, in 1 Thessalonians. We need to go there. We just need to go here first. Acts chapter one, verse six through eight. Listen, I'm just going to read to us. So when they had come together, 
they asked him, this is after Jesus has now been raised and he's, a, he's about to ascend. And so these are the disciples coming together and asking the resurrected Jesus in his resurrected body, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Do you see this again? This is, is, this is an ancient question. Is this the time? Is this the time? You doing it now? Is it now? Is it now? Is, is this a time? Look at Jesus' answer. He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. So I'm just stopping there. We just have to, you know, the next part is beautiful. We need to get to that, all right? The, but the, well, the next part basically says, here's what you need to know. So you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you're gonna be my witnesses in this dark world. That's what you need to know. I would love to see a, 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 a revival fire break forth in the church where we actually care more about souls being saved than times and locations. Like, well, that, the church has to get back to that. But even the disciples back in those days, is this the time? Is this the time? What does Jesus say? Times are not for you to know. The Father knows that has to be enough. You've got to stop about it. All right? Look at, look at uh, well, Look at Mark chapter 13, verse 32, where Jesus is speaking. He says, but concerning that day, that day meaning, meaning the return of Jesus or the last day, or that hour, no one knows. Let it sink in, guys. Our obsession with the periphery and, and, and is blinding us from, from our starvation of the actually important like, we've got, we, we're obsessed with the fringe. Like, we've got to get to the heartbeat of this. And the heart is, no one knows, Jesus says. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, capital S. This is, what? But only the Father. He didn't, he didn't mathematize this Put it in the Bible, and it's there to figure out. So if you turn Noah's Ark into a math problem, you can figure out times. He didn't do it that way. It's only the Father knows. The focus, according to Acts chapter 1, is ministry and the power of the Spirit to the nations. That is the focus, not times. Witnessing to the greatness of Jesus and how he can revolutionize a life and a family that's the focus, the gospel, the good news of Jesus to the nations and to neighborhoods. That is the focus, not times. So I've already told you, you know, that, you know, just, just love people who are doing math with the Bible, all right? Uh, but uh, just, I, I would just, just say, hey, are, is this coming out of a heart that really, that really wants to see the actual mission of Jesus, or is this just coming from curiosity here, all right? Um, because some curiosity is good, uh, but uh, n- not, to the, not to, if we're blind to the focus. Did that come out all right? You know what I mean, all right? So, so when, here, here's a question to ask someone doing math with the Bible. Ask them, when's the last time you shared the gospel of Jesus with a neighbor? All right, so these are the questions that I want to say. Honestly, ministry for me and, and the church is like coming, it's getting way more simple. I've been sharing this, but just sharing Jesus, building people up in Jesus, praying to Jesus, with Jesus, right? Having friendship 
around Jesus. Like these are the things, guys, actually showing the world that we can get this right together, all right? Like that has to be the focus, right? Not times. The the church culture has become full of distractions and those distractions get celebrated and they turn into books and we're we're reading about the fringe instead of the focus. And so it's it's no no surprise then when our curiosity is leading the charge. All right? When Jesus returns is not the focus. All right? Okay, listen to this one. I actually, you know, I told you about 1 Thessalonians. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. All right? Could that be more clear? Thanks, Bethany. All right, I, I thank you. All right. All right, so, so that, that number one. Okay, so here's number two, though. I, I wanna talk about, when we're talking about the return of Jesus, like, we don't have to figure out the, t- uh, the times. We need to figure out what we do until the time, all right? right? And then, but here's another thing that, uh, that we need to know when, it, when we're referring to the return of Jesus is that Jesus will physically return to the earth, okay? This is, in my opinion, this is, this is a, a point of great heresy in the church, all right? Where we say, well, the kingdom of Jesus will, will go out from the church, but he may not necessarily come. He'll be in it spiritually. All right? I, I just, I, I, I'm contending that Jesus is showing up in the flesh, in his resurrected body. All right? Back to the earth. All right? So, and I get that from the Bible. Well, let, let me show you this. It's, if, let's go back to Acts chapter 1. All right? And I think, let me toss this out. If you don't know what to read in the Bible these days, read the book of Acts. All right? Let it expand your brain and your soul. All right? But uh, the book of Acts chapter 1, now let's go to verse 9 to 11. And when he had said these things, what he had said is, you will, rec- you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Notice here that when he's saying this, that he is not sending people that haven't been full of the Spirit yet. He's, so he's not, sending, uh, he's not sending these disciples out in their own strength. It's gotta be his strength, all right? That's the heartbeat, all right? So now, now look at, at verse nine, though. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes, and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? Now, now listen to this. This Jesus, this Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, so that's where he went, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This Jesus, who you just saw in the same way, I'm talking bodily, bam, will return bodily, wham. All right? Now, these are theological Hebrew words that you, I, I understand you don't get it. All right? Wham. Oh, no. I mean, bam. All right? Wham. <laughs> bam. Wham. All right? <laughs> that, Chris, this is the title of my sermon. Bam, wham. All right? So, <laughs> listen, Jesus ascended to heaven, and in the same way, the angels say he is returning. Okay, Let, let's not miss the low-hanging fruit here and get so 
brilliant in our own minds that we miss the, the, what is plainly said. All right? In the same way. So this is in the same way meaning bodily. All right? Bodily. So not just the spirit of Jesus is returning. Not just the kingdom of Jesus, but the physical bodily presence of Jesus is returning. So bodily. But I would also say this, and this is maybe less important, but still it would fall under the, the banner of the same way. I would say on the clouds. Interestingly enough, the, so many prophetic words about, the, about Jesus returning in the Bible is mentioning Jesus coming back in and on the clouds. You know that? It's, it's very, very uh, interesting. Um, I really think when we're talking about clouds, it's not rain clouds, cumulus clouds, or other kind of like the little wispy ones, or maybe that is a cumulus cloud. I don't know. Didn't do my homework on that. Because I don't think Jesus is saying, man, what a gorgeous cloud. Angels, now's the time. Jump on. I, I don't think it's that. I think the clouds are glory clouds. These are, look, look at Mark 14, 62, and Jesus said, I am. And this is Jesus on trial before his accusers, about to be crucified. They asked him if he is the Messiah, if, if he is the, the, the one that the Jews were to be expecting. Jesus says, I am, and you will see the Son of Man, in other words, me, seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. This is what Jesus says. All right, these are not cumulus ones, even though those point to the heavenly ones. And on heavenly clouds, Jesus will return. I think because it is gonna be a glorious day. All right, so clouds are important, but Jesus' bodily coming is of most importance. Philippians chapter three, verse 20 says, our citizenship is in heaven and from it, that's heaven, we await a savior, that's Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself, all right? So do you know that Jesus, um, when he was incarnate and took on flesh, was raised with a, with a, a new glorious body, but it, it, was still, he, it, was, it was still like a body. You know that? There's something else we don't talk about. When he's raised, he goes to Thomas and says, see my hands and my feet. Put your hand in my side. He's not a wisp. He's not a spirit. He, he, is, he has this glorified body. You know, and when we see him, we'll get one like his. Huh. We're obsessed with getting one like his now. That's why, like keto and, you know, like getting in the gym and stuff. Some of us are not. Some of us are just like, I'm getting a new one. Who cares? You know, so I, yeah, it's just like whatever. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know where you fall in that continuum. But listen, you're getting a new one. Does, it just doesn't matter. All right. So the, uh, um, yeah, so the, where was I? Just kind of lost. I was thinking of like, I don't know, Twinkies and all kinds of things went into my head. Um, so, so Jesus will physically return to the earth on glorious clouds and it's gonna be amazing. Now listen to this one, all right? Um, there will be a bodily resurrection for us at the return of Christ. 
okay? We're not, listen, there's all, there's all this stuff going out. I remember watching cartoons as a kid and like, and these very violent cartoons where a big boulder falls on a, like a mouse, all right? The spirit comes out of this mouse and goes to a cloud and he gets a, you know, he, he gets a, a harp and you can kind of see through this, this mouse spirit. Is, is that jacked up or what? Are you, are you hear this? Like, this is what we've taught, this is what we've taught and it's worse today, all right? So this is, this is the impression that we get, but that is not how it is, okay? There will be a bodily resurrection for us. We will not be wisps or spirits. We will be the us we were supposed to be in Jesus, all right? Thessalonians, the book of Thessalonians, I, I think most of us are there. The, in the book of Thessalonians, what was happening is there was some confusion on the return of Jesus, but there was even more confusion on the, the timing of that return. In fact, the Thessalonian church, they were quitting their jobs, they're like, Jesus is coming back. Like, in our day, we know it. So they're quitting their jobs. And that's why in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11, Paul uh, admonishes the church to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs. This is a good word for us today. You know, <laughs> just mind your own business. <laughs> you know, like, like st- you know, y- your opinion doesn't matter in all of life. I-, I know that is like, that is a crazy thing. I hate to say it, you know. But like, just, just, Live a quiet life, mind your own business, work with your hands, all right? It's work. So what, what they were doing is they were actually saying Jesus is, is returning. The end of all things is at hand, and so we don't need to work anymore. We're, we're just going to wait. But biblical waiting is working while you wait. You know that? It's not striving and trying to make things happen. It's pulling in the oars, but it's, it's still, it's, it's God. It's God doing all the work, but it's, we're, we're still doing what's in accord with his heart as we wait. You do know that? And so he's saying, get your jobs back. Keep working. I'm instructing, I'm admonishing you to this. Work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may live properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. So the way that you live is being watched by the outside world and that is a bridge to the kingdom. How you live, not just what you say. How you live. I want you to live quietly. I don't want you to spread your opinions everywhere. I want you to do things that actually make your neighborhood better. All right? This is, this is how I want you to live. And so get back to that. Don't just see the world seeing you doing nothing but waiting on Jesus to return. All right? So that is the context culturally that the Thessalonians are in. They're expecting re- Jesus to return at any moment, so they're not even working. So we, we see that here. But they're also, listen to this, they're also confused on what happens to those who die before Jesus' return. All right, now you have to remember the day. This is Jesus has been raised. There's all kinds of uh, promises associated with it. This is in that, that weird moment that it's not Old Testament anymore. It's like first generation New Testament. It's new covenant. You see, so people are like confused. Like, oh, wait, people are dying. I thought like Jesus came to give us life. Like, like what is going on? Well, people are still dying. Like, so like, what's gonna happen to them? Have we lost them? Okay, so, so Thessalonians, Paul is writing to that, and he's, and he's saying this. Look at uh, chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, starting with verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. In other words, the, I love how Paul says, these people are just sleeping. They're not, they're not dead. Jesus conquered death. 
they're, they're sleeping. Their soul is with Jesus. They're gonna, you'll see they're going to be reunited with a resurrected body soon. And I don't want you to be uninformed about this, uh, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Listen, our hope is that Jesus is coming back making all of this right, you know? So like people don't have that hope. It's just when you die, you die. When it happens, it happens. It's just, that's just how my miserable life was. That's not kingdom, all right? So we, we want you to have hope. Look at verse 14. Look at verse 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. You see that? Isn't it good? So when Jesus returns, those who are in Christ and have died before his return will be reunited with their physical but resurrected bodies. Okay? I have not heard a sermon on this in years. And so if it sounds weird, just study. Just study me, but hear me out. Those who are dead in Christ will be reunited with their physical resurrected bodies and those who are alive in Christ will be caught up with them in the air. Resurrected bodies when they see Jesus face to face. So the, the, we first, those who are dead in Christ, then those who are still alive on the earth. That's the order, all right? So we'll receive a body like Jesus' glorified body. And so look at verse 17 there. Then it says, so we will always be with the Lord. Now that is the goal of your salvation. It is not. Paul doesn't say, so the angels will quickly move you into your mansions. (laughs) That sounds more holy these days. That sounds more like the gospel we've received which is not the gospel. The gospel is not Jesus gets you into a mansion on the street of gold. That, that, is, that is icing at best. The, the, the weight of it, the goal of it is verse 17. So we will always be with the Lord. He is the goal of our salvation. So the goal of heaven is not your own private mansion by a crystal sea. It's gonna be nice. I love the ocean. I'm gonna get stoked seeing the crystal sea, all right? But it's being with the goal of your salvation, namely Jesus himself, that, that, uh, that when he returns, we will be resurrected to never be separated from. Man, woo! <laughs> I don't know, like, I've got a whole lot of animal noises in my head right now. I just want to go, I don't know, I just want to like really let them out. Um, but it's exciting. Like all creation is crying for this. Do you know this? Like trees, like squirrels. And it's just like, man, this is, this is, the, this is the, like, this is a weird version. Like we, we want more than this. And Jesus is coming, he's gonna make it all new. It's gonna be so good. But the, the cry, listen to this, and I started with this. I'm just gonna wrap it up here. But the cry or the longing of the bride that's my last point. The cry or the longing of the bride is, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. Just flip. Like I, just flip. Revelation, I think it's uh, chapter 22, but let me make sure here. Just so you can lay your own eyes on this and so you're not just believing me. All right. Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. Man, so much of this is good. The spirit and the bride the Spirit, capital S, that's Holy Spirit, 
And the bride, capital B, that's bride of Christ. That's anybody who has put their faith in Christ, for the, who's been made new, forgiveness of sins, new destiny, new everything. The bride and the spirit say a simple, come. That is the cry that the church must resuscitate. There's so many cries these days, guys. There's so many cries. Rarely do you actually get a biblical one. There's so many cries for this. There's so many cries. I'm outraged by that. I'm outraged by this. Like, like can, can, we, can we be lovesick again and be known for that? God, we just want you to come. Make all this right. Your hope, not my, you are our hope, not my opinion. Come, the spirit and the bride. What do they cry? They cry, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Now this, this is what needs to be imparted to our heart. Let the one who hears this truth Pick up on the cry. Let the one who hears this join with the song. And the song is, come Lord Jesus, come. And the one who hears this, God wants to say, that is your new song. The Holy Spirit is, is crying for the return of the king. The bride of Christ is supposed to be lovesick at his return. Let all who hear this join with heaven's song and begin to sing this song. I, I really believe that these are days that God wants to reset some things in the church. But I think that, that some of those things, um, that, you know, some of the things God wants to reset, I think they're, they're really cool and trippy and out there, and I think we need to you know, like pay attention to them. But first, let's reset the foundational things. First, foundational principles again that Jesus is returning. And we have to start, that has to be a part of our songs again, these foundational principles. Like, how about this? The spirit and the bride say, come, is really like a lover's cry. So you know what is a foundational principle in our worship, let's say, is that our hearts have to be affectionate towards Christ. These are, these are the simple things. These are simple things. What is not simple is, hey, as long as the words on the screen are theologically accurate, which they are. Did, did, you, wanna, you wanna take like a commentary or something and really look at the songs we just sang this morning? Like, hello, I exalt thee. <laughs> you are worthy of it all. <laughs> like this is, listen, that's what worship is. Like, all, like this, is, this is what is in your heart. Jesus be lifted high. Like, like I, I like feeling small around your bigness. Like just like we weren't made to be the center. We were made to make much of the one who is the center. And that's where we find satisfied souls. That's where we lock into our place. Jesus, Jesus, just be, you're worthy of it all. Just wait. But here's the thing that we have to get back is, is the affection of our hearts. Not just the declaring truthful things but that our hearts would actually feel like they should about the truth that's coming out of our mouths. This is what, this is the cry that God, I, I, I want your hearts to cry this. The spirit and the bride cry this. I want you to get this back. So that is, like, do you know a Jesus church doesn't just claim to have all the facts about Jesus right. A Jesus church, I think when you boil us down, we just want, desire, 
treasure him. We don't claim to have it all right. We don't do leadership with perfection. We don't do like make every decision perfectly. Who does? Come on, that's not, that's not the call. The, the, the call of God on the church is not perfection. He is our perfectness. He is our righteousness. And the beauty of the church is that like God somehow in his bigness uses us despite us. He's making us into something. The call of the church isn't, do we get it all right? The, the call of the church is to want him, desire him, affectionately love him more than everything else. And anything that would step into that place it's just what the Bible calls an idol. If your heart, if, if you only cry out for Jesus when you think you've lost an eyeball, <laughs> all right, then here's what we have to do is we have to say, Jesus, what is in the way of my heart wanting you most? What is in the way of my heart? One of my favorite preachers this day, uh, these days says, adoration eats declaration for breakfast. Before you declare stuff, you, you better adore first. It's foundational. It's foundational. Like, the word of God isn't like magic spells that you just learn how to toss out. It's not, this, that's not it. Foundational to our hearts is that our hearts will be realigned, that they would be, they would be newly alive newly resurrected. So the things that we were dead to were now alive to, and now our hearts can actually, they, they, our hearts are desire factories, like it or not. And they're gonna desire slash worship something. They're gonna, our hearts are gonna worship something. If you have children, you see that. If you're honest with yourself, you see that my heart is gonna worship something. It could be, it could be, you know, fo football season's coming up, the preseason games have been on, like holler, you know, right? I'm excited. I'm excited. Sometimes we can worship like my, my man chair and three hours of like just not having to do nothing and just like that. That is what that's where our heart is. And then I guess I'll have to, have to, have to. And Jesus, like Jesus, just it, it is simpler. It's more simple than this. He wants our hearts to cry for Him. Simple as that. All right, that is Christianity. Just our an awakened heart. To Jesus. If we don't have all everything, like, listen, like, we're in process. The Holy Spirit is making us more like Jesus. It's okay. Like, pressure off. But here this morning, what I want to invite you to is to pray the most dangerous prayer that you could pray and say, Jesus, whatever's in the way of my heart wanting you, affectionately desiring you, loving you radically with everything within me, I want that out of the way, and I just want it to be you and me. Clear paths to you. And his grace and his goodness, like he's the, he specializes in this. He specializes in just coming after you and getting, boom, and just getting this and like coming to you and where you just surrender everything before him. You know what you're doing when you're surrendering everything? Your golf game, your children, your finances. You know what you're doing when you're surrendering all that stuff? You're saying that these things are not as good as you, Jesus. Just that, surrendering that. So you're not surrendering out of shame, like, and Jesus is like, why'd you do that to me? Oh, yeah. Jesus is just inviting you into who you actually are as a son or daughter. And you're surrendering and saying, I'm laying this down because it, I tried it, it didn't work. Jesus, yours. And that's yours, and that's yours. It's gotta be just you and me. That's gotta be the foundation. And this is what the foundation of a, of a healthy theology of the return of Christ is built on. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. I want you more than this world. Man, this is, man, God. Just like take a moment right here. Just 
Close your eyes if you want, stand to your feet if you want. Let's respond to Jesus' heart here today. Jesus, I, I, I want this for me and I want this for my family and I want this for this church. God, that here's the reality that this doesn't come from rowing towards it. It's like the, the spirit winds have to blow on our, in our sails. You, you have to move us in this direction. This, this is supernatural or it's nothing. We're destined for failure if you don't work miracles in our hearts, God. And so I just pray that this would be a day that you would give us hearts that want you more than everything. That this would be a day where we actually, and I, I, just, I just feel the Holy Spirit is actually putting things in our minds that we have loved and treasured and valued and wanted more than Jesus. And I think these are days where the Father's like with a smile on his face is inviting us to lay those things down. It's clear pathways to his heart. So God, we, we just, we happily lay these things down and we live a life of happy surrender in your heart. God, we're excited. We're gonna see you face to face one day and we're gonna be like brand spanking new because of what you've done at the cross and your resurrection. But until then, God, we want the truest thing of us to be that we're lovesick, a lovesick bride, wanting you more than all else. So God, that's why I just pray into this church, Providence Community Church, God, may we, may we receive this from God today, a heart that wants you more than anything else. Come on, God, we just ask for this, Father. We ask for this, Father, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Let's just spend a few moments here with God. And let's just talk to him, converse with him, pray to him, just confess stuff. Maybe he's asking us to go a few places that we've, we've never been honest about, a few thoughts that we've thought that we just pretend we didn't. Just, he's just asking for all those things, a few dreams that we're good following Jesus as long as those dreams get birth. Maybe he's just saying, I'm better than the dreams. He just wants to meet you. He just wants to hear this again. He wants to hear that in my heart, God, I, I want to exclaim, come, come. I want you more than everything in this world. And so just have a, have a good conversation with Jesus right now. God, just have your way in people. Touch each one. Just father us, love us into your arms, I pray. I just pray against shame. I just pray that right now this church will be able to, de- to decipher the voice of religion and the voice of your heart. So we bless you, we bless you, bless you, God. Just call us deeper in these days. Let us put down roots into your heart. Put down roots into your word. Put down roots that just lead us right to just a a joy bomb of a life, God. I just pray that no matter what happens on the news or in this world, God, that there's there's laughter is, is erupting from our hearts because of our connection with you, God. So we bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you'd like to partner with us, you have the opportunity to give online at providencecommunity.org.